Good morning, everybody. Excuse me one second. I, I got all messed up over here. I was trying to do those dance moves, Charles. <laughs> and then it twisted my, my, okay, okay. Whew, wow, that was embarrassing. <sighs> Hello, everybody. Good morning, church. How are you today? Are you excited? I was, I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I hope you are too. Amen. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I ask you to settle upon each and every one of us, oh God. And Holy Spirit, break off every resistance, break off every condition, break off anything that would impede our progress, that would delay us from hearing your voice today. Lord, give us those ears to hear, Lord, a mind to perceive, Lord, and, and give us new hearts here at New Heart Church, that we might be your people. And if you would give me a personal favor to bless every household represented here today, Lord. And in Jesus' name, we pray and agree, and the people said, amen, amen. hallelujah. Well, we're going to go into a little more of uh, the series, The Praying Secrets of Gethsemane. Today, I want to talk about perspective. I think last week, Pastor talked about your purpose. I want to talk today about God's purpose and produce. I like the produce section at the market. It's kind of fun, huh? So when we look at Gethsemane, it teaches us so much. We learn from Jesus to have trust and confidence in God. He teaches us to be dependent on God. See, Jesus got that from his relationship with the Father. He learned it from his submission to the Father's will. We can also glean so much from Jesus because he had such an open and earnest reaching out to the Father. He expressed his heart, his vulnerability, the mental anguish and agony that he was going through, and his, his raw emotion at this hour of his yielding to God's will and the purpose set before him. That was us. He did that for us. Scripture tells us that he was so deeply and intensely spent emotionally, that he sweat great drops of blood. And actually, it's a medical condition uh, in your body when you're under great duress and stress and pressure that the, the blood vessels break underneath the surface of your skin. So he sweat actually great clots of blood because th that blood was rendered through his pores for you and for me. Mm. So he was completely committed to praying to God in order to open for us a pathway back to God's heart. Whew, wow. It's teaching us that when we pray that God's going to hear us, he's going to answer us just like Jesus. So my first point is this perspective word. Perspective is a specific point of view or a way of understanding things. So to surrender to God's perspective is to understand that he sees you as his child. 
He sees you as his own child. So prayer begins to turn on the light for us to that right perspective, that God is my father. I'm not just talking to God Almighty, the creator of the universe. I'm talking to my father. I'm his child, and he cares about me. Everything, he cares about everything about me. So now because Jesus, the son of God, bled out, we have been led in to sonship, whereby we can cry, Abba, Daddy God, crying out to him anytime, any, any hour of the day or night. Hallelujah. Now we're the children of God, not paupers, not beggars, not helpless, not indigent people with no hope. Now we have access to all that God is and all that he has. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And because God already knows what we have need of, wow, we can pray out of relationship rather than think, well, hopefully he's going to hear me. Hopefully he's going to help me. But most assuredly, God is listening to everything you have to say, even before you say it. Golly. You know, God is waiting to communicate with you. He's waiting to connect with you. He's waiting for you to participate with him in relationship. He's waiting for us to pray beyond seeking his hand, but pray to seek his face, to seek knowing him. He wants you to know him. So relationship, this is, this is why really Jesus went to the cross. This is why Jesus became obedient to suffer the cross for our sakes, so that we would be reconciled back to right relationship with God. Jesus opened the door of God's heart so we could just enter into his love. How generous. You know, because he loves us so much, God is passionate and adamant about this relationship thing. In fact, he wants to take it another step further. He wants some fellowshipping with him, hanging out with him in our prayer closet. Maybe just in your car, in your shower, you're just talking to God. Lord, I love you. Lord, thank you for being in the room with me. Thank you for looking out for me. Thank you for caring about me. Amen. Say la. Think about that for a second. We'd be busy trying to get through the traffic, making sign language. Amen. And because we're not all such great experts at relationship, God helps us out with the gift of prayer. How about that? It's a communication tutorial. So if I get this vertical right with God, I'm going to be able to get the horizontal right with everybody else. In fact, what I like about it, you know, with the scripture that says, love your neighbor as yourself, until you love you right, you can't love anybody else. But once I get my vertical relationship going with God, I'm going to be able to love myself and relate to other people in balance without any arrogance or pride or self-deprecation or, or low self-esteem. In balance, in truth, and in strength, I'll be able to do all of that in the name of Jesus. Romans 12, 12 says, be in constant prayer, constant prayer. Be consistent, not, you know, not occasionally when we go to church and then we don't really pray again until we come to church again. Amen, anybody? 
1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18 tells us, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Be thankful for this is the will of God for you. He wants it. This is, it's not a suggestion. He's saying, I need you to talk to me because I got something to say to you. You're running your, your mouth with everybody, every, everything else, but you're not talking to me, the only one who can really help you. Hello, anybody? Hallelujah. Be persistent then in communication with God, in connection to God. Huh. Can read my notes here. Okay. The thing is, you know, when God commands us to do something, it's really an opportunity for him to bless us. We're thinking it's like, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. He's looking out for you. You're not even looking out for yourself that hard. Amen? Because we like to feel good, go to the party and do that appropriate dance or inappropriate dance. So God gave us prayer to help us know him as a father, to know him as being faithful, to know him as our help, to know him as our all in all, the only true and living God full of grace and power, and well able to bring us to victory in every situation. I think sometimes we ask too small because we forget that his will is as his children to be blessed. He wants us blessed. See, we're so, so, so set on praying for our needs, but he doesn't want us just to have our needs met. He wants us well able to help somebody else out. To meet their needs, perhaps. We can bless somebody else in his name. So somebody gets to see that God is really, really good. And sadly, I think sometimes we forget just how much he loves us. We don't pray because, you know, communicate with God and pray with the thought that God really loves me, so I know he's going to hear me. I know he's going to respond to me. But when we start praying out of relationship, you can realize that that's a safe place. You can bear your soul like Jesus did in the garden. You can talk to him openly. You don't have to go hiding anything. He already knows. He knows your frame, yet he never tries to frame you. We're safe in that place. And see, the thing is about being so open with God, he can't heal what we hide. He's waiting for us to open up. He, he is our hiding place. He's our refuge, our shelter, our protector. He restores our soul to order. That's powerful. Now, Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, I've got to know his word to really understand what his will is. So that means I got to have a mind change. And the word is going to do that for me. What he tells me, what he says to me, what he says about himself, that's going to change me. See, when you look at the word in the, the, the scriptures, you know, whether it's on your cell phone or it's on your, on your, on your actual Bible, this is God in print. And he's saying that my word is my whole heart to you. And I'm speaking it so that I can perform it in your life, so that it'll actually become manifest. It can become a reality, not just a good story. Oh, that's a nice thing. That would be nice. No, it's for real. 
It's going to happen for you. See, God only, only, only releases his word to perform it. He doesn't dangle carrots. He's not a liar. He's a sure God who truly, truly loves you. Mm -mm. So his word reminds us of who he is, and it tells us who we are. We're his first. Before your mom and dad, CEO, the most talented, whatever, you're his first. So by his word, we come to understand what we're destined to do and what we're made to become. See, you're an overcomer. Did you know that? The, the war may be raging. It may be very difficult and challenging, but you are already the, the victor, not the victim. Now, we need to shake that off sometimes. We like to be victim. We like to, like to wear that badge. But you are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. You're mighty in the land. You're purchased by God, saved from the works of the enemy. And not only that, he's been giving you power and authority and grace and favor. He's giving you credibility and integrity because you believe in the, the, the living God. Anybody? So our prayer to God in faith is going to usher all that into my life. Just connecting to God, the supplier, my provider, my help, my father, my father. James 5.16 says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I like the word, it says righteous, righteous man. So that means I can't just live any kind of way I want to. I got to live righteous. The Amplified translation says, our prayer makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working. You got it going on, huh? That's what it sounds like to me. Wow, that's perfect. So we're seeking him. We're seeking God. We're going to the throne, not the phone. Amen? Who are you going to call? I just, I just want to know. My second point is this. God wants us to pray with his purpose for us in mind. His purpose for us. Most of the time, we pray for the purpose of getting some help. We pray for the purpose of, being, of having our needs met. But seeking God first is going to bring us every supply. Matthew 6.33 says, seek me first and everything else is going to be added to you. Come on now. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good insurance policy right there. So you got to pray outside yourself, connecting to God. I don't have to get, you know, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy mentality. I can say, God, I love you. You're my father. I know your promises, and I thank you already for what you're going to do for me. De-stress yourself. Come on now. So God purposed prayer to help fulfill our purpose, and it's twofold. These are just two elements of our purpose. Number one is to surrender to become like him. So we look like our daddy. Are we looking like Papa? Uh-huh. Oh, quiet in here. I'm trying to recognize daddy over here. Where are, where, are we, where are we at? And secondly, to reproduce the God in you in somebody else. That's really your purpose. In other words, we have to become contagious 
a contagious witness. Remember last year, pastor spoke eloquently on being a contagious Christian. A lot of times we're just cantankerous. <laughs> but we need to be contagious. Are you hearing me? So purpose, which is God's intention, partners with destiny, which is God's predetermined perfect will and plan for our lives. That's what's going to happen. Purpose and destiny connect. But without our faith and our obedience, it's not going to happen. Are you hearing me? So our prayers in alignment with God's purpose is going to give us revelation. It's going to give us strategies. It's going to give us the information that we need. And that's just going to birth more faith and grow us and increase us, enabling us to receive what we need to have. Are you hearing me, anybody? So I want to give you a little simple guide to amp up and augment your efforts to surrender to God's purposes. This is when you pray, and I like the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. First, A, give God adoration. Give him some adoration. Psalm 100, verse number 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Anybody? Before you, Jimmy, I'm Jimmy, Jimmy. We have to give him props. We have to honor him. So we give him that adoration, which is our praise and worship. You know, praise and worship is like spiritual Wi-Fi, enabling us to download God's blessings. It ushers in his presence, and with him is your reward, is everything that you need. He's got it with him, but we need to get him in the room first. So we're entering his gates with thanksgiving, his praise. We're acknowledging him as our God. And, and just a note on praise and worship, it's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not the music. It's you reaching to God, you reaching out to God, and that's constant. You never take your praise and worship hat off. That's who we are. It's your lifestyle. Are you hearing me? The second letter is C, confession, forward slash repentance. What does that mean? We got to cleanse our hearts before we go before God. We gotta go with, you got to go with clean hands to sit at the table he's prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. So he wants you prepared to receive. So that confession, by that confession, I'm saying, Lord, I am dependent upon you for all my needs. I'm making that confession. You know, when you think about repentance, most of the time it's associated with sin. It's sin-related. But it really means to turn from one way to another. So what I'm, I'm turning from my way, my thinking, to follow the perfect will of God. That's really what repentance, repentance is, okay? It's a change of minor direction. So when I'm making this confession, I'm saying, God, I'm making a commitment to follow you no matter what. Are you hearing me? Point number three, T, the letter T, thank God. Thank God for everything. Everything you have, you received. You know, we came here naked. And we're going to go out, well, with probably a few clothes on, unless you get cremated. We're not taking any of this stuff with us. It's all been handed to us, given, given to us. So gratitude is urgent. See, if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't have gratitude in your heart, entitlement and pride and presumption can set in. You don't want that to happen. 
So I want to have this gratitude in the soil of my soul, in my very being, in my mind. Because if you don't, you can't even love right. Without gratitude, love has no real place to grow. Are you hearing me? Think about that for a minute. Gratitude. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that somebody loves me. I'm grateful that God loves me. Hallelujah. So now after adoration, after confession, after repentance and thanksgiving, then, letter S, we make our supplication. We make our requests known to God. Are you hearing me? Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 tells us, well, I'll tell you. Ask or ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Okay? Still, they still don't want to tell me. Okay? But we want to receive from the Father, from his inexhaustible supply. So he's opened up that channel, that opportunity for us to just ask him, seek and knock. Request from him. Okay, so this leads to my third point, produce. Produce, fruit. Increase, results, abundance, prosperity. Listen, when we change our perspective, praying out of relationship, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm praying with that in my mind. When we pray according to God's purpose, when we're, when we're in agreement, that makes us in agreement with God's will for us, which gives us tremendous produce. Are you hearing me? We're going to receive bumper crops. John 15, 7. Anybody? Okay. All righty. Okay. Let's, let me just tell you what John 15, 7 says right here. It's just not moving. <laughs> See, I got the word right here. I can tell you myself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 15, verse number 7 says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And then what Charles mentioned earlier in 1 John, oh, hey, hallelujah. There you go. Thank you. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. This is our God. This is your daddy trying to bless you, trying to help you out. Wow. So when we pray, listen, when we pray, our faith connects with what God believes for you. When we pray to God, knowing that I'm his child, that I'm submitted to his will to bless me, when I'm praying with that in my mind, I'm, my faith is connecting to what God is believing for me, which is fruitfulness prosperity. Glory to God. Now, John 15, 16, the next screen. All right. Are we there? There we go. Amen. Selah. You, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I, I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This is his idea. We thought we came up with something, begging God. Come on now. It's his idea to love on you and to bless you, to make you his child. It was all his doing. I like what Joyce Meyer says. 
A life connected to God and his word is unstoppable. Come on now. Connected to God, not Facebook or MySpace. Y'all get that later. Okay. So then, <laughs> if we live right according to the word, and if we pray according to his will, we get the produce. There's produce. A scripture that's full of produce is, is, is Ephesians 3.16. I'm sorry, 3.20. Is that up there? Okay. You know what 3.20 says? Okay. Hold on, hold on to that one. Don't leave that one. That's another produce scripture. 3.20. He's able. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could hope, ask, or imagine. According to the power that works inside of us, that's him on the inside of you, your daddy, your, your God DNA on the inside of you. It's going to produce great and mighty things for you. Hallelujah. Some more produce. Then the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in everything that you do. In the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your cattle, in the produce of your land, your kids, the things that your work ethics, all of those things, your career. For the Lord will again delight in prospering you. That's because you're staying connected to God, your Father. Are you hearing me? Here's another bonus. Psalm 56, verse number 9. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help, Lord. Come on now. The enemy got to back off because you connected with Jesus. Whew. Another bonus, Luke 10, 19. I give you authority and power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. John 10, 10. The enemy came to hurt you. Steal, kill, and destroy your life. But I came to give you abundant life. Abundant. That Greek word, I love this word, abundant parisos. It means, it means exceptional. It means superior and superlative in, in, in quality and quantity. That's what he has for you. And then after that, this, this abundant life that we have right here, John 3.16, we all know that scripture that, that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave Jesus. And he's saying this, because you believe me, you will not perish, but you will hang with me and enjoy everlasting life forever. What a promise. What a God. Does somebody, does this church turn Methodist all of a sudden? It's like, real quiet. Or y'all just, you're just ruminating in that <laughs> abundant life forever. Ah. Snap out of it. Get back here. Praise God right there. Man. Ah, okay. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. It says, Jesus, for the joy of you being in his life endured the cross. Now, in reality, you know, we're all going to have to endure some stuff. The first point is because we need to know that the war is real. There's a real war. Hateration is on the planet. There's an enemy who hates your guts. And secondly, because we're in fellowship with Christ's sufferings. That's what Philippians 3.10 tells us. We have to die to self. We can't be our priority all the time. Are you hearing me? Mm-hmm. See, sometimes 
We experience pain from the people we love the most. God, God, Jesus experienced pain from those he loved the most, us. So we will have to endure, but we can go on by his grace. Thanks be to God that he's already given us a way out. He always gives us triumph. Remember, all things are going to work together for your good anyway. No weapon formed against you can prosper. So get you off your mind. Get the victim mentality. That's done. That's over. Forget the past. Forget what happened. As opposed to focusing on what's going on, focus on your Savior, your escape mode, your salvation, your Savior, the deliverer, the rescuer of your life. And remember, listen, a setback is only a setup for your come up. You're coming up to greater. You're coming up to better. You're coming up to more. Are you hearing me? So change your perspective, people. Change your perspective to remember that you are a child of the living God. You are becoming daily more and more and more like your daddy. Submit to, to, to God's purpose. That's his will and intention that you are no, not just blessed, but you're blessed with purpose to be a blessing to somebody else, to spread the gospel, to reproduce the God in you in somebody else's life and produce the produce of your relationship and connection to God, the producer of this entire universe and everything in it. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, in this earthen vessel as it is in heaven, on the earth, everywhere my feet tread, everywhere I go. I want to see that kingdom produced. I want my daddy seen. I want the Father honored and glorified. So let's make a commitment to enter into deep, intimate relationship with God. Because you know what? It's, it's the only way to dismantle our own personal dysfunctions. It's the, it's the only way to unmask deep issues on the inside of us. And you know, sometimes issues with issues, issue. <laughs> issue. So we need to get some help. Jesus, help me over here. You have to submit to that. Come on, he, he's willing and well able to help us. See, our relationship with God is the only thing that's going to undo the enemy plots against us. God will expose them. You know, when you're talking to God, he'll give you revelation and information and discernment. So that prayer is, is protection. That relationship with God is going to help us to receive significant supernatural responses and that revelation for God for, for all of our concerns, all of our concerns. Whether it's our children, our bloodline, our family, our job, our career, our dreams, our visions. He wants to talk to you about it. Because he wants you to have good success everywhere. See, Jesus came here just for you. He came here just for us to be a savior and a friend, a redeemer, and a reconciler, a transformer, a justifier, a vindicator. Hallelujah. A forgiver. And there's nobody like him. Every day he pours out, he pours out unlimited, unceasing, unconditional love on each and every one of us. Every day. No matter what. 
despite our rejection, our indifference, our disobedience, God never changes his mind about us, even when our mind is far from him. Remember, prayer is a dialogue, never a monologue. So stop your list. Stop your list, you know, like he's the help or the concierge. It's a conversation. Those private talks with God in loving relationship, it's going to change everything. And here's another bonus. Prayer is the transference of every burden off of you. Every burden off you. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast your care on him because he cares for you. He cares about you. You know, we're only sheep. Sheep are only supposed to carry their fur coat, pal. Come on now. Think about it. Prayer works. Prayer heals. Prayer changes things. Especialmente tú. Especially you. It's going to change us. That's why, listen, that's why Leviticus 29, I'm sorry, 26 verse 9 says that he's leaning toward you to bless you, to favor you, and to establish his covenant relationship with you. Lean in. You know, even a plant leans towards the light. Anybody? Mm-hmm. You know, some folk will lean towards you or define you by what they need from you. But God leans towards his children to bless them. Are you hearing me? Last, last scripture. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked. I like this word, wicked. It's not sinful because, you know, we, we all make mistakes. That's what sin is because of our sin nature. But he's saying wicked. In other words, your rebellion, your deliberate sins, your unforgiveness, those places that, that are stuck in your soul you refuse to let go of, your past that you keep lamenting, He says, if you let go, if you turn from your wickedness, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal your land, starting right here, this land where you live, your community, your neighborhood, our nation, this world, because we prayed. We prayed to our Father. So pray, pray, pray. It's the starting point of every victory. Go into your secret place. Go into that secret place and beseech the Lord your God, your Father, in the name of Jesus. Do you receive it? Father, I ask you to seal this word today. Seal this word. Let not not one word fall to the ground, but sink deep into the very marrow of our bones and all of our spirit that we might flourish and produce fruit for you in Jesus' name. Amen.